0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the E&S Wolves podcast sponsored by Adoption at Heart. Some of you are probably sitting there listening to this now thinking who on earth is that imposter speaking? Who has infiltrated the uh, e and Wolves podcast? Um, my name is Johnny Dreary. I'm filling in for your, your man Nathan Judah today who's off on holiday. I'm alongside your Wolves correspondent Liam Keane. Um, Liam, is this going to be a bit like you know when a supply teacher comes in at school? And the students just get a bit rowdy and run ragged for an hour or something like that. Now you haven't got your they you haven't got your sort of your leader, Judah, are you? Leader? Whoa, well, don't go there, <laughs> don't go too far, mate. Look,
1: this is this is one of those beautiful moments in life where a supply teacher comes in and he's so much better than the normal teacher. Ooh. Um I've never heard such a professional intro to this podcast in my life. Judah's normally fanning about with something, messing around normally you know accusing me of something or insulting me so it's nice to have someone you know you can articulate their words a bit more than uh than old uh old granddad judah oh i don't i wouldn't want
0: to be i wouldn't want to be you when he returns from holiday anyway oh yeah uh, i'm scared if he's listening to this <laughs> that's going to be your intro for the next podcast but um but yeah so i'm filling in for for judah today he'll be back next week um he's already been in touch overnight actually um i don't know if liam saw this last night basically i took over um working at uh, well covering mostly West Brom um, but Villa and a few other clubs mm. anyway, I've covered I've covered 16 games now for the Express and Star and the Shropshire Star I've witnessed one victory <laughs> in that time my losing streak is awful basically if I was a manager I'd have been sacked weeks ago you'd be, um, you'd be long gone mate. oh I'd be long gone mate. I probably wouldn't get another job in football again but yeah absolute shocking so um, apologies Wolves fans I basically brought my stinking Bad luck to Molyneux last night, and I take full responsibility for that defeat. Although, um, as some Wolves fans listen, I know a couple of Wolves fans who do listen to this. You all know I'm a West Brom fan, so you could say it was mission complete last night. Maybe I don't know, but um, now but that what? I, got that bombshell. We
1: shouldn't even be letting you on here. Really,
0: <laughs> what I was hoping for was that Wolves were going to win, and then that would change like my luck, and then I could just take that luck around all our clubs, basically, and all our clubs could start sort of rising.
1: If you phrase um, it that way, I, I would happily let. Have Wolves lose last night just so <laughs> that, you know, just so the baggies don't start actually picking up some points for once.
0: Yeah, but my uh, my apologies, Wolves fans. That is sincere. I, you know, I cannot buy a victory at the moment. I got Kidderminster knocked out of the FA Cup on Saturday after all their exploits. Um, yeah, Walsall have lost a manager. West Brom have lost a manager since I've started. It's just been awful. So, but you'll be glad to know that Liam is on his own at Spears on Sunday. I am not at. Um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so no doubt you will return to winning ways and pick up three points on uh, on Sunday down in the capital. Um, I won't be there, so yeah, Liam will be on his own, and yeah, your luck will return. If, if we uh, do actually win that
1: game as well, you know, it's this narrative is not going to stop around you, It's it's there now.
0: I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I'm hoping Wolves. You know, I was hoping Wolves could do me a favour last night and change my personal luck, but but not to be, but but. Um, Thanks for tuning in and listening, um, even though sort of myself for for one week only um, alongside Liam. And we'll be tackling a few things. Obviously, the first thing to talk about is the result um, last night. You know, a lot of Wolves fans, I know, talking to to Liam and a few other people before the game, were hoping that Norwich was just going to be sort of a one-off blip on Saturday because, as we know, that wasn't great. Um, We've had time to digest the Arsenal result, Liam. Do you feel it was a little bit of a missed opportunity maybe in the end?
1: I think that's a good way of summing it up. It, I was almost it was sort of demoralising a little bit, uh, especially when, you know, I walked in the door at half twelve this morning, got up this morning for work again, just almost lethargic from the, the the emotional toil that wolves put you through sometimes. And this is what you know, we we can't complain too much. You know, wolves are eighth. They're fighting for Europe. They're doing very well this season as a whole. Albeit last night wasn't you know unbelievable. Um, but they always find little ways of putting you through, putting you through heartache. Wolves, and Wolves fans, you know, throughout the uh, throughout the decades, will tell you that. Um, but yeah, a missed opportunity is a good way of phrasing it. It was, it was a almost a bit of a strange strange game because Wolves weren't bad by any means. They weren't poor. Uh, the Norwich first half, in particular, was very poor, but it, it was definitely better than that. The issues they had was, as we said in the video after the game cutting edge, killer instinct in front of goal and a few sloppy passes you know, a a few people I saw online were were quite pleased with Daniel Podence's performance I didn't think he was as bad as he was against Norwich, but he was very sloppy on the ball, again particularly in the first half in terms of giving away possession so often so many slack passes you know, I think Dendonka didn't do himself any favours again, um, albeit had a good first 15 or 20 minutes and, and, and after that, didn't really impact the game, Neves was almost on his own in midfield there are Gaps and holes to fill in the squad. Um, goals being the the biggest problem, and that was the biggest problem earlier in the season. It was nil nil, was one nils here and there. It was just going in Wolves' favour. Now it's going against them for for a couple of games. Um, but I don't think you can count this group out. There's plenty of football to play, and that's why I don't think any fans should get really um, really het up or, or over over the top on this on this performance and result because it wasn't a bad performance. I just think Arsenal deserve. Plenty of credit for how disciplined and resolute they were defensively, particularly after losing Martinelli to the red card. And it was difficult for Wolves to break them down. A lot of crosses, not many opportunities, and that—well, uh, 15 shots, four on target—is the, you know, is the is the story really of the of the evening? And, and Ramsdale, albeit a couple of tips over the bar, didn't didn't have a great lot to do really.
0: Yeah, interesting. You know, the, we talk about the. You know, not testing the goalkeeper enough. You know, talking to fans outside, that was probably the main reoccurring theme of of striking options. And you know, Raul Jimenez looked not isolated, but he didn't have you know a great deal of chances. That is that been an area of concern for for a little while. That's something I sort of sensed from the fans that you know they they felt that for a while they've probably needed more options in that in that area. Is, is that fair to say, Liam?
1: I think so. You look at Raul throughout this whole season and probably around October-November time, if memory serves me right, he, he peaked this season. That's not to say he can't get back to that or do better, but in terms of his performances so far, that was his best spell. And he looked like he was playing some of his, some of his best football, um, certainly this season, and potentially since he's joined Wolves, he was very good. It hasn't really happened since then. Probably the West Ham win, which I'm forgetting the date of that off the top of my head, but that was probably the last time he really clicked in a Wolves shirt. And Since then, it hasn't it hasn't happened for him. Uh, made a hash of a few opportunities last night. You know, a few decent good t- uh, touches, had the ball looked fairly well, brought other players into play. It wasn't a, a bad performance per se from him, but it wasn't a a clinical or a, a game changing performance. And when he's not opt- on it, sorry, you, you've got Fabio Silva, who's still very raw to come in. Huang was on the bench, but well, bizarrely on the bench considering he, he was never going to come on. Um, because of his, his back spasm before the game. But he was due to play 15 minutes, is what Bruno told us. He didn't wasn't able to play. Um, you're bringing on a raw youngster in Chiquinho to, to try and change the game, and uh, and you can't really blame him for not having a huge impact. You know, you've got... Relying on Pedence, who, for me, in two games now is out of form. You're relying on Trincao, who's been out of form virtually all season, albeit showed glimpses last night, but still not enough. So it's just that, that depth, and... Without Adama Traore there, you're still waiting for Pedro Neto to come back fit. You're, you're just relying on too many ifs, buts and maybes at the moment. I think that's what fans are getting so concerned about because there isn't that that final killer instinct. And it would be really interesting. I know we'll come on to Spurs and I won't get too ahead of myself, but it would be really interesting in how they set up for that game. depends on the personnel available and, uh, as I say, we'll come on to it because it's a it's a challenge, Spurs, and probably a challenge that is is much it's much different to Arsenal in the. I think Wolves will have more of the ball probably, even even away from home. Um, and it's what they can do with it is is, is how that game's going to go. And and Spurs are a fragile defensively. You can get at them certainly. So it's not over. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not over till the fat lady sings. And Jude hasn't sang yet. It's. <laughs> it's. Um, you know. There's time.
0: He's getting some hammer on this podcast, isn't he? Today? Forget him. He's not there. He's swollen off on holiday again, as he's usual. Get, he's getting care. hammered, poor, poor lad. But, yeah, you can, you, we talked about the striking options. And then an interesting comment that was made to myself um, was about, obviously, um, Matino was missing last night. Sort of shows that, obviously, Matino is a fantastic player. We all know that. You know, he's got great pedigrees. on very well for Wolves. Had a great career. Um, still got a lot more to give. But at his age, you know... It's interesting that wolves are relying on a midfield, not just him, because obviously Nevez is in there as well. But when he's missing, they missed a little bit of spark in that midfield last night, and and that's maybe another area of not concern, but but an
1: interesting point, really. I think so. For me, it's a it's a real big call um, who you play against Spurs if Matino is not there, and I, I won't get too ahead of myself. I'll wait for the Spurs section to talk about that. But in terms of Matinho it's a calf injury, they're, it's a bit touch and go for Sunday from what Bruno's told us. I think it'd be a massive boost if he can come back in. But you look at how Wolves we'll set up without him. Um, well actually, let me go back rather, when they set up with him and they were playing a three midfield, which they haven't done every week. It's been the majority 3-4-3, three, three, but the last couple of games before last night, it was uh, the three midfield. And the, what they're trying to do with Dendonka, where he's getting forward and, and playing in that sort of right channel... It didn't work against Norwich, but it worked very well against Brentford, so there is you know, scope for that to work. The issue last night, playing Dendonka and Neves in a two, it seemed very disjointed to me. Dendonka has had the odd good game this season, and I don't want to completely bash him, but for me he's not been good enough, and he's very one-paced. Um, there's no real explosivity there. Uh, he, doesn't particularly find a killer pass. He wins a few headers here and there and maybe should have got a couple of offensive ones on target. But there's no real spark there, which is the word you use. And I think that's spot on because Boutinho is very intelligent the way he picks the ball up in space, his head's on a swivel, the way he picks the ball up in between the lines and finds those forward passes. And that is how Wolves have been playing so well. I, I think he's made a massive key to that. Neves as well, of course, and that, although... There was almost a one, you know, one-man army <laughs> last night in midfield. But Mertineo will will spray those passes from one end to the other, and they find those overloads on the wing, and that's where they get Nori playing and Semedo playing, and that's where they've been causing issues uh, for for the opposition recently. And then that brings me back again to the decision to play Marcel last night. I thought it was a, a strange one. It, I don't think the game. Um, I, I thought, to be honest, I think playing Marcel against Spurs away and playing Nori from the start at home to Arsenal would make more sense, rather than potentially it's going to be the other way around. I didn't think um, he offered enough going forward. He's not dynamic enough. He's not quick enough. Defensively fairly solid, but against Arsenal, Wolves needed, I think, to be on the front foot at home. And um, and although they were for a short period of time, it didn't last long enough, and there wasn't enough threat, particularly on that left side. I thought Smele played well again, to his credit, but on that left side, it's not there. So... Um, a couple tactical errors, perhaps, you know, it's out of their hands when a player gets injured, but Matinho has, has been very key this season. Hence, why well, they didn't sign a midfielder, Neves and, and Matinho have been brilliant. But then you've got that argument that a lot of supporters make that when one of those gets injured, i.e., Mitinho missed it last night, who have they got to step in? Dendonka, for me, hasn't been good enough this season, and Luke Kundal is a, a young lad who's had, you know, minimal minutes. You can't really rely on him uh, to. To make a massive impact, it'd be great if he does, of course. But you can't rely on a youngster to do that when you've got, you know, a player like Matinho, 35, who's played it all over the all over the world, has you know won trophies, playing the Champions League football, won the you know won the Euros with Portugal. It's you can't replace that with a with an academy kid, regardless of how good he is, and I know he's very highly rated. So yeah, it was just a little bit um, obviously bad luck with the injuries, but. That the depth again has really played into that and, and that's where I think fans get frustrated.
0: Yeah, I know we spoke before um, the press conference last night, was there any update given on um, on Matinho about potentially playing on Sunday?
1: Yeah, so it, really that it was touch and go and they're going to have, have to see how he gets on over the next couple of days and whether he can get into training or not. It's um, With a calf strain, it, you know, it depends on how serious obviously, but it they're normally not too bad. You know, uh, Raul Jimenez did have that and missed the Brentford game, uh, but then travelled with Mexico a couple of days later. Didn't play in their first two World Cup qualifiers, but played in the, in the third one. So I wouldn't be surprised if Moutinho was available. Of course, it depends on the severity, um, but I also wouldn't bank on it. It's going to be very touch and go. And then just to mention injuries with Huang as well, as you say. So if anyone he didn't see last night, um, he, he returned to the bench. He was in the squad uh, you know, didn't I didn't see him warm up actually at all throughout the game. I was saying to you and, and the people sitting around us, I was like, I'm really well, why is Huang not warming up? Why is he you know, not out there doing something? We then were waiting for the press conference on over Zoom after the game and and we saw Huang walking away with his family across the, the Billy Ryan towards the, the South Bank, which is where the, the players leave. And um he, he was in his tracksuit, you know, he was part he was officially part of the squad, he was obviously on the bench, but he, he was walking very sort of uncomfortably and then started holding his back um, so I asked Bruno about it and he said look it, I can't believe I look at the moment I'm paraphrasing but this is really what he said and um, and, and yeah Huang arrived he, he trained the day before did well they spoke to the doctors they said look we're going to give him 15 minutes in this game uh, to give him some time to, to come back comes back in arrives at Molyneux, has a, a back spasm and, and is, is in pain and, and it's impossible for him to play. The question there, which you know, unfortunately I d I didn't follow up on, but the question there really is why was he still on the bench and you know, yeah. I don't I don't know, uh, to be honest with you, but he couldn't play. Um but again with it you know the the type of injury it is they're hoping it'll be a day or two and it'll be okay. So I'd be I would expect he'll potentially be in the in the squad but you've got to gotta wait and see.
0: Yeah, just moving. Start with the, the forwards, the midfielders. Moving defensively. Um, defensively, last night Arsenal did. Arsenal do play a, a brand of football which pops it around. They, they played some good stuff, in, certainly in the first half last night, and had a couple of chances. Nothing massively clear-cut. You know, the goal was a bit of a scramble, but it could have been prevented. The defending was quite poor, wasn't it? Is that is that again? You know, a little bit of a of a worry, really, because. You know, when you're in a little bit of a mini rut, you you want to be quite strong defensively. But but last night they sort of they looked a little bit wobbly at times, not massively, but at times.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest concern is the set pieces now. I, I think, off the top of my head, if I've got this right, I think they went 21 games without conceding from a set piece. And then Brentford, the free kick that uh, Ivan Tony met at the at the far post. Norwich, the free kick that uh, McLean headed on. And now, last night, after that corner and the scramble that resulted in the Gabriel goal, three in a row now, uh, set piece uh, goals for the opposition. So that would be the biggest thing that concerns me. And always been in previous seasons, I think even last season they really struggled with set pieces, and it's virtually the same personnel. But they've done a very good job of it this year. So that that's the only thing that that worries me, and where they can, where it's going wrong, where they can rectify that. You'd hope it's just a blip. Um, they've been very good defensively for. The whole, all season, really. I didn't think any of the individuals um, in defence actually had a particularly poor game. As a collective, I felt they were a little bit um, hurried, a little bit rushed in a few of their decisions. And I think that was more because of their own approach to the game rather than anything Arsenal did, to be honest. Because Arsenal didn't really press particularly high. They almost half-pressed and sat off a little bit and allowed Start to hold onto the ball. So um, I think it's just a case of... Perhaps a little bit of a little bit of confidence, you know. Once you drop a couple of results like they did, it's difficult to to bounce, bounce back straight away. But they, you know, they they've got to be quick now because it's a big February, massive February starting on Sunday. So um, I don't have any huge concerns over the defence. It's just how long these patterns are going to carry on for. Um, if they can get over it on Sunday, it's it's almost all forgotten.
0: Yeah, it was interesting you know we we spoke about it didn't we and, and you know it's been quite plain to see you know Wolves have, have competed in europe in in recent years you know they've had a very good season so far the manager's done very well since he's cu- he's come into the job um you know when they're looking at a potential european place again with you know Jimenez being out of sorts and there being that sort of no backup to Matinho or or if Neves got injured do you think that they have the squad to to get there in terms of in terms of depth in them key positions, almost you know, I'm I'm looking as a bit of a from a you know a bystander really, having not seen Wolves an awful lot this season. But is that a, you know is that a fair assumption to make in terms of uh, getting in Europe would be a massive, massive achievement? Given that in some positions you know they're off the boil, or if people are injured, you know they're they're, they're struggling. I.e. Matinho not being there last night.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I think it well, it would be a massive achievement because I. You know, I tip them to probably finish around twelfth this season, and they're, 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 you know, hot, you know, completely destroying that uh, that theory from me um, or prediction rather. So, um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of context that goes into to the answer to that question really, because it depends on how your likes of Johnny and Anetta come back from injury, which I keep oh I'll, I'll keep saying it, and I think it's the sensible approach that you have to give them time and, and not expect too much because of the severity of the injuries. Then you've got you know, depending on how a player like Huang recovers from the hamstring, and then also this back spasm, which you know is hope that it's not going to be any massive concern. But you want him to be back and, and firing, and then it depends on the individuals. Uh, individuals stepping up, the likes of Trincao, who showed glimpses of talent and has done this season, but has never put it has not put it together one bit. I think there's a player there. I really do. He just I don't know if it's a a style English football. Thing for him that he needs to get used to, and I and, know and some comparisons with Neto in his first season, but I think Neto adapted a bit quicker than Trincau has and you can look at the stats to to back that up. So um, yeah, a player like him, a player like Raoul, he needs a little bit of confidence. He needs something to to drop in off his backside or something, you know. Uh, and you'd like us to think that he'll be back up and running, and then Pedence you know, get back into some form again. He, he was doing very well for a couple of months, and has been poor the last two games. So it's really, I think, more of an individual thing rather than a a whole scale tactical switch or, or any huge errors that the, the management team are making I think it's just some of the individuals are letting him down at the moment to be honest so all of that context into account the depth of course is an issue I think they needed one or two sign-ins but do I think there's enough in the squad to get Europe I would still say yes there's, You know, it was a blip last night but it certainly doesn't end their hopes they've got plenty of football to play and plenty of points to take off rivals this month and what they did in the first half of the season, they're more than capable of, re- of repeating that and doing it again. They did it with the same numbers; they'll do it again, hopefully, the uh, second half of the season. So, yeah, I've certainly got hope uh, and expectation that they can do it. They just need to get out a little. This, yeah, you know, it's a very mini rut. You have to remember how good January was. It's a, it's a mini rut. You just don't want it to turn into, um, you know, a whole scale uh, evacuation of uh, of February. Because if they don't get through. A few of these fixtures with maybe you know a couple of wins and some points, um, it could be a difficult end to the season for for the hopes of, of what they want to do.
0: Yeah, it certainly is a a big month. I say it's not for the want of um, passion from the manager uh, Bruno Large last night. I was highly amused by how passionate both managers were. I just stood and watched while well, sat and watched Arteta and uh, and his counterpart for a good five minutes, and I. I, about 85 times between them they chucked their arms in the air and went out of their technical area and it was almost a little battle on the side of the pitch which was quite entertaining. Um, that was my sort of my final takeaway from the game last night and also some fans sitting right behind us in the press box shouting down here. Um that was my two takeaways from the game as well as as, as well as Wolves should have probably got a point.
1: Um but yeah he was banging on the table and oh, yeah, well I, well let's let me let me approach that carefully. Um Firstly, on the manager thing, uh, Bruno he's very animated. I, I, I like it. I don't think I don't think anything. And nothing Ar- wrong with it. Same it's with that. There's nothing wrong with it in my book. Provided it's it a bit
0: different to like con- like no one really saw it until like Antonio Conte a few years ago, and then he just used to go nuts, like yeah. proper nuts. Yeah, I think this is a little bit toned down, but it's quite comical. I, I like
1: it. I, I, you know, provided a, any manager that's not just these two, but any manager doesn't go overboard and. And uh, you know abusing officials too much. Yeah. I do, but I, but I do, I do like it. I think it. You know, there's nothing wrong with it at all. And you're right. They they were both at it. You know, they were almost ten meters out there, tenaclears at one point, weren't they? Um, yeah, I need to be very careful how I approach this next book because you, you you won't understand the context of this, uh, <laughs> but I will explain. Um, so the fan sitting behind me, who um, lot, I've got nothing against him, and he seems like a very nice bloke. So if he hears this. Look, I'm sorry if I gave you any evil look. Oh, 10, out, ten but, out of 10
0: for passion. Like, I'll give him was, that.
1: He was winding me up a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, fans will know who I'm talking about. His name is Mr. Miami. Uh, what a name? Is that his he, real name? No. <laughs> no. He's from Miami, but he li- he's lived in Wolverhampton for a number of years and he does some like content with Wolves and stuff like that. Um, and does like videos and and stuff with them, so that's why you yeah you wouldn't have known who he was or, or seen it, uh, and he was sat right behind me like literally yeah. right behind me, um, and I, I I love the fact that he's passionate and and that he's and I want every fan to be passionate and be uh, and, which all fans are and, and be very up for it and cheering the team on and I love that he is and I think that's brilliant. But while I'm trying to work <laughs> and trying to concentrate on what I'm writing, tweeting, updating the live, you know, writing a match report, watching the game, trying to do like you know ten different things at once, when I'm getting my chair kicked and I'm getting but pretty much slapped <laughs> on the back of the head because he keeps banging the table, he keeps flipping the table up in front of him, and it's it. I, I turned around a few times and gave him a look, um, but I didn't say anything because I didn't want to be rude, and I, obviously I knew who he was. Um, so if you do hear this Mr Miami look I, he follows me on twitter I follow him look I've got no problem with you, I apologize for for the for the uh for the evils I gave the you dirty a, couple, looks. A, a couple times he, he seems like a nice bloke and I'm glad that he's passionate about it but I can't lie it was very annoying because he was right <laughs> in my ear very very loud smashing banging this table it was like he was playing the drums behind me um so <laughs> yeah I probably wasn't going to mention it until you brought it up but uh yeah, it's all a bit of fun. There's no issue here. He seems like a nice bloke. So, uh, yeah, carry on supporting yeah. Wolves. You know, everyone wants the best for the club. So, uh, I'm glad that he's passionate. Just basically thrown you under the proverbial bus <laughs> It's you know, all right, big, I'll take big, it. It's fine. You have a big
0: showdown now
1: at your next game. <laughs> well, yeah, he... I, I don't normally sit there, actually. I normally get put elsewhere, but like, sometimes it changes. Um, and, yeah, he just happens to be... My... I think he normally has the same seat, if I'm right. I might be wrong, but, um, yeah, just the way it worked out. But uh, Yeah. So if anyone from Walls is listening as well, don't put me in the same seat. <laughs> I'm it's all good. It's all good, I don't mind, it's all good. Crack on next time, Mr. Miami, because I won't be there for the next home game. Can, uh, if it really happens, I'll well. probably get a coffee over the head or something next time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, it's a
0: good a good result for Wolves. Will be less banging. And, yeah. and, and less he, shot, he's
1: yeah. probably happy because I said I recognised him, knew who he was. He probably didn't have a clue who I was. So uh, <laughs> he's he's you know he's he's better known than I am. So fair play to him. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Just a couple of other other points.
0: Um, obviously,
1: Johnny was back in the squad last night.
0: You know, you've already mentioned him and name checked him so far. How big of a boost is he going to be for for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, really, really good to see him back. It was it's his ten months since he was last in a in a squad, um, so it's great to see him back out there. You know, he was warming up, he was getting applause from the from the home fans around him. It was really it was really nice. Um, he's had a real tough time of it, real tough coming in. I think it was eight times he played if I'm if i remember correct.ly um, When he came back from his ACL from 2020, came back in the second half of the season 20 uh, in 2021 played about eight times and then had the same injury in training it's just in april uh, it's just unbelievable bad luck so good to see him back here i had a feeling he was going to be in the squad because of how Bruno was talking in the in in the press conference on um, on wednesday and, and of course giving us an update on how he on how he is and basically saying look he's ready um now they need to be very careful it'll be interesting to see how he how he gets on uh, in terms of the the minutes he plays because Bruno left it a little bit vague and said basically it's up to him whether he wants to play under-23s. He said some senior players have bad experiences under-23s and don't want to play, but rather just train. Some players want to go there and play 45 minutes, 60 minutes and just get a few minutes into their bouts. So be interesting if he does play with them to build the fitness up. But otherwise, it looks like he's going to play again for Wolves um, before the end of the season. If he's back on the bench in February, he would be surprised if he doesn't get any minutes at all. But again, I have to stress that you, you know, you've got to give him time and... And he's got to build himself back up because you, the last thing you want is a reoccurrence again of a similar injury or any injury. Um, but because of the severity of it and because of it happening twice, he needs time. But what he offers as a player, actually, before I say this, in terms of needing time, you're probably not going to see the best of him until next season. So you have to give him uh, that opportunity to to come back and enjoy fo- playing football again. Um, but in terms of the character he is, he seems like a very strong character. And as a player, I'm sure you, you've seen him play as well. Um, for me, I, I, th- I think I've said this a few times. He would be one of the, you know, the, probably the two seasons ago now, probably one of the best left backs, left wing backs outside the traditional top six clubs. For me, I think he's that good. I think he can actually play for those one of one of those traditional top six clubs. Hopefully, Wolves can become one of those traditional top six clubs. How many times am I going to say that in one sentence? Um, <laughs> look, he's uh, I think he's a he's a terrific player. Versatile, right-footed has obviously been playing on the left for Wolves, but versatile can play along the defence. Um, good going forward, very solid defensively, and he's just Mister Consistent. Uh, we talk about Mister Miami, Johnny is Mister Consistent. He, uh you know, you'll always get a seven-eight every week virtually from him, and it'd be nice to see him doing that regularly again in a Wolves shirt. He's got competition, you know. Ake he's done very well. Marcel has had some good games. I've been a, a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit disappointed on 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 his attacking Paris, but that's not the kind of player he is I don't think so um, there's competition there uh, and that's what you want in a squad that's what Bruno wants so get him back in get him some minutes for the end of the season and build him up for next season and he's a massive player for Wolves and he's still at a good age I think he's 27 or 28 off the top of my head so he's got um, he's got some good years still left at Wolves if he can stay fit and uh, I think everyone wants that for him because he's a, a good character a good player um, and, and the Wolves fans love him so get him back in and get him some games
0: yeah it's interesting you mentioned there sort of the manager puts it on the, the the senior players heads if they want to go and play for the under 23s what what do you make of that that's quite, that's quite interesting really isn't it usually you see you know i'm sure first team players don't enjoy going to play for the under 23s some anyway you know we know footballers have got egos etc etc but what what do you think of that the, the fact that the play is left with the players rather than the the manager i suppose there's probably pros and cons to that
1: yeah i um i think i, I think it's probably a sensible approach to say you know, particularly with the more experienced players, that they can have a say in it. I think if the manager comes down like a ton of bricks and says to a player who, you know, like Johnny, who's played at a very good level and is, as I say, 27, 28, look, you have to play three games with the under-23s before I'm even thinking about putting you in the first team. You know, He knows his body. He's an experienced player. He's not a 20-year-old kid. You need, I think you need to have a little bit of trust with him. And, and we may, as I said, we may see Johnny get some of the 23 minutes because... Bruno has said he, he'll he make that decision himself and then they'll work with him to to figure out the best time and place for him to play uh, and I think that's a sensible approach because you look at players like Jordão coming back from injury, um, now I don't know if Bruno gave him that same ultimatum but he did go and play a few games and scored a goal within the 23s and that was right for him because he wasn't playing for the, uh, for the first team, he was on the bench constantly but not playing and he was coming back from a, a serious injury so he needed minutes, and obviously he's gone out on loan now, he's getting game time. I think it's sensible um, if a player wants to play, to give them some minutes, but just to, to manage it as well, the last thing you want to do is have them go in full throttle, you know, 90 minutes in an under-23 game, and do another issue, another injury, and then at the same time, you don't want to hamper some of the you know good players coming through. You've got a player like Hugo Bueno, who seems to be doing very well um, for the under-23s, and has been on the bench a few times for the first team, if Johnny comes in and plays uh you know, I don't know, two, three, four games in a row and plays ninety minutes, Bueno, for example, or East, or someone like that might not get a chance to play and it, it, you know, it, it can hamper development elsewhere. I know it even if for a short space of time, but you still want these players to be playing minutes. Um so I think finding that balance and being having an open mind to it is a sensible approach. I think it makes sense. And there will be players, as Bruno said, there will be players that don't want to go and play for the under twenty threes. They've had bad experience for whatever reason they don't enjoy dropping down whether it's an ego thing or whether it's a, a concern about doing an injury or, or whatever it is they don't they don't like playing in that environment and they don't have to as far as Bruno's concerned provided their uh, you know experience enough I'm sure they'll give their opinion I'm sure the doctors will say look I think you should but I think give the player a say as well it's the it's the best thing for for the player and for them coming back from injury and they they know their own body and their experience. So give him that option and I think it's the smart thing to do. Thinking of
0: adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support. And are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race, or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place. Or alternatively, you can call 01902 553818. Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, Please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. org uk. Yeah, just one final um, note on on last night's proceedings. Um, obviously, chiquino come off the bench. He looked looked a little bit lively. Obviously, he's quite raw. They probably wouldn't have planned on chucking him in so early. You know, how how what have you made of his sort of start to life at Molineux, um, Liam? And and can you see him sort of playing a bit more of
1: a major role? Yeah, I think. Um that's the right way to uh that's the right way to sum him up to say he is raw but i think raw but exciting you saw him come off against come on sorry against norwich uh put in a couple of really good crosses and Have a, a decent sort of 15 20 minute cameo i thought last night he probably wasn't wasn't quite at it it was probably not the right environment for him to come in and play against you know a big club like arsenal in a high pressure game chasing the game probably not the right environment for him to play, but then, you know, Bruno had no choice. He he needed to put forwards on, he needed needed a chance and he never know what the kid's gonna do. And he actually had a a header saved off the line. So I mean had that gone in it would have been a special moment for him. So um I don't, yeah, I don't think he was particularly great last night, but I don't think that's anything any slate against him because he needs he needs time. Simple as that. He's not gonna set the world alight straight away um, and Wolves don't really want to be relying on him they want Huang and, and he likes Neto to be coming back in and playing games again um, and just to give him minutes here and there which you know he has done the last two games and, and we'll see what impact he can have but I wouldn't suspect he'll have a huge impact it's a case of, of getting him used to the style and building him up um, it's different when you have a player like uh, Tosi Gomez come in who's a defender because it's a much more obviously it's a different role but it's uh, you know I think you can you can come in and have a good game as a defender you know coming in and playing games uh, having come in sorry from from Grasshoppers on loan and coming in and, at raw and playing games as opposed to a winger who's you know he, he needs to learn the style a bit better needs to know what's what's wanted of him going forward and it's difficult to have much more of an impact so I think you've got to give him time uh, he, he looks like a you know an exciting player who's got some good attributes just needs to give him that time
0: there we go. There's the sort of reflection on Arsenal. And we'll come to to Tottenham. Obviously, playing the two North London clubs in the back-to-back games. We'll come on to that in a sec. But we've got uh, quite a few questions that have come in today from uh, from you Wolves fans that we'll uh, we'll fire at Liam and put him on the spot. Let's um, do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, what time will this be out roughly? It'll be out when it's out. Abba's free. Four o'clock. <laughs> It'll be out when it's out. Um, let's go with Reggie. Reggie, and he's got a load of digits on the end of his name, but I'm not going to read them all out. Reggie, we had a number of corners last night, some decent deliveries, but almost every one of them was cleared by was cleared by a header from an Arsenal player. We have good height in the team, so why don't we score? Why don't we attack corners more? Why don't we score more headed goals? Is this worked on in training? Uh, I don't know if you're sort of peering over the training ground wall or through the bushes, Liam, to answer that.
1: I think um, you say you've got good height in the team. Do we really have good height in the team? Wolves aren't certainly on the biggest team in the world. Um, and, and they, in, in, you know, in terms of defence, I think we should score more guys. I think, you know, the likes of Kilman and, and Size should probably... I know Size actually score a couple of the season, but they probably should get more from set-pieces. I think you're right. But I don't think it's a particularly big big squad, uh, in terms of the, the height, at least. Um, the reason why uh, is... You know, as far as I'm concerned, Wolves don't really want to be chucking too many crosses in, um, unless he gets desperate. He got to the point where he was getting a bit desperate last night, and they, and they had to, and they didn't have that other option in terms of a forward, as we've spoken about before. That's a, you know, an old school target man style that someone who's going to get on the end of a cross. Um, they don't really have that. I just don't think it really suits the the team and the style, and hence they don't score enough from them. I think just from corners, you should probably be. Um, the, the centre backs really should probably get in better positions, uh, run onto the ball and attack the ball. I think it's, it seems very sort of parallel and static in terms of where their runs come from. Uh, so that's only that's the only thing I could say really because it's 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 difficult as I say without watching training to to identify where they're not or not working on something. So it's you know perhaps it's a question to ask.
0: Yeah, there we go. Just moving on to uh, to other ones. ABC guy, probably a difficult question to answer. This: what players do you think? You know, do you think there'll be any players leaving if if they don't get in Europe this season? Are, are there any players in that Wolf squad that you know potentially want to play in Europe on a regular basis and, uh, and might seek that elsewhere?
1: Yeah, I think. Well, I think the, the obvious one is probably Ruben Neves, isn't it? If you he's still under contract for uh, till 2024, but by the summer that will be only two years left. You the concern is that you are approach an troy Troyalway style uh, saga with the with the with the contract where he sort of he can't come to an agreement, so sort of starts running it down, and then. You almost get forced into into a transfer of some sort, so uh, he would be the one for me. He'd be a like, priority for the summer. I think I said this last week. Be a priority for the summer to time down d- down for uh, down for longer. I think. And talking of Neves, I, you know, just as we're talking here, I've, uh, I've just seen a, an interesting tweet from uh, Piers Morgan. Um, what of, on I, earth is that? Of all people, weapon on about of all people. Um, I don't know if you saw Neves' comments last night saying. Um, we saw the way they celebrated the win, and that shows the level we are. I didn't see Arsenal celebrating like this in the past I ten did years. See his, uh, it was his like college, they won yeah. the league. Um, yeah, Morgan weren't very, uh, wasn't very uh, pleased with that. I just thought this was quite funny. So, as we were talking about Nevers, I thought I'd bring it up. Um, he has quote or, or tweeted it rather, saying, uh, "It's called passion, Mister Nevers. If you lot had shown a bit more of it, you wouldn't have lost one nil at home to a side with only ten men. So, pipe down." Yeah, I don't think that, I'm I'm not sure he's watched the game. I don't think that really, uh, you know, I don't think that really tells the story. Uh, I don't think Wolves, for for all of their, you know, all of their failings in general in their in their long history as a football club, I don't think Wolves have ever, you know, lacked passion. Uh, certainly from the fan base and through the players. They've had bad times as Wolves fans, but the passion's always been a big thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure he quite knows what he's on about. I just thought that'd be funny to sort of bring that up.
0: Yeah, I didn't see it because I blocked Piers Morgan a while ago, or muted him a while ago. To just wind <laughs> me up, but Don't blame. I, f- I feel sorry for these Wolves fans. They got a baggy presenting their podcast this week f- for this week, and Piers Morgan's been mentioned on the podcast as well. They're going, they're going through it this week, aren't they? They're going through it.
1: <laughs> well, but, um, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. At least we'll we're not, through. you know, at least you know, not stumbling through the championship with Steve Bruce in charge. So I think we'll be all right. No comment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. The Wolf Pack um, has got one question here. It's been twelve games since the West Ham game, as Liam mentioned before. Uh, and it's probably the last time that Raúl really performed well. He's lost his f- his form. Sorry, his lo- sorry it doesn't make sense. He's lost his form. I think it should say. We knew this season was going to be difficult for him. Do you think when Huang is ready to start games, he should start as a striker to give Jimenez a rest?
1: Yeah, that's pretty much bang on with what I was saying. That I feel like. The West Ham win at home was probably his last, you know, proper good performance. Um I think it's a confidence thing, I really do with him. He he just needs something to fall for him, uh, a little bit of luck. Uh he saw what happened after the he scored that first goal back away at Southampton a little bit. Well it was a very good goal, but you know, just to just to work that chance and, and create that goal and, and that really sort of gave him a bit of a lift. Um I think it'll come for him, just needs a bit of time. Uh although Wolves obviously with this month might not have bags of time. Would I play Huang up there? I wouldn't play him up there on his own. Certainly not. I don't think Bruno would either because of um, you know speaking about Huang and he doesn't really see him as a as a lone striker. I think you can play him in a two with with him and if you if you need to, but I don't think he's a a player to play there on his own. So um, I don't think I don't think we'll see that. But you've got your hands tied a little bit. If, you know, if Rao's not doing it, how long do you keep him in the team for? But then you've also got the argument of do you drop him and potentially suffer you know, even a, a bigger loss of confidence I think he's a, he's a big player for Wolves and there's, I think I do think there's more to come from it he just needs a little bit of luck a slight of luck so to the fourth in
0: Yeah another question uh, this is more aimed at you I think Liam are you missing Nathan while he's on his fortieth belated 40th birthday trip It's been bliss
1: <laughs> absolute bliss without him abusing me saying God knows what um, no as I say it's nice to have someone who knows what they're doing presenting mate Keep up the good work. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't
0: quite. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't quite say that. Um, Charles or Charles J. Ninety Seven. Thank you very much for your question. Would a Darmatrolle have made a difference last night? Not
1: sure of the answer myself. That's a um, probably yeah. Only because of the real limited options Wolves had, particularly with, with Wang not being able to play. So I think I'd have to say yes. Only because of simply the depth and Wolves needed a bit of a, a bit of a spark. We were talking about that in midfield. I think they needed that. In the forward areas as well. Um So yeah, I think so. Um Next one, just talking about Den Donker. We
0: talked about before. It's from Mitch Davis underscore one. Thank you for your question, Mitch. Um Would you take Candle over Den Donker on Sunday if Martinho is not fit? He was bypassed in every
1: way in last night's game. It's a great question because that's part of what I was going to potentially bring up with the Spurs game when we come to it, and I'll, I'll talk about it now. That. I potentially would give Condal a start. I really would. I'd be very tempted. Um, I've seen him play for them twenty threes, and he's he's you know way above that level. That's why he's you know been trusted by Bruno. I know he hasn't played many minutes, but he's been trusted to be in there and being around the squad, and and he's been rewarded for that. Um, he's very good technically in terms of size and stature, he's similar to Moutinho, and I think he's probably more similar in style to Moutinho than probably any other midfielder in the. In the club, of course, it's not the same quality for obvious reasons as we've been through. But um, I think it could work. I really do. The problem is, do you throw him into a game, a high-pressure game away at Spurs when you've got, you know, he's going to come up against the likes of Hoiberg, potentially yeah. Winks, potentially Bentacur. That you know they've got some real experience and hard-tackling, good midfielders in that Spurs team. Do you throw him to the Wolves? Almost forgive the pun and uh, and throw him in there it's a lot to ask, but I'd be tempted. I really will, because I don't think it's working with Dendonka. I don't think Bruno will. I don't think he will, but I'd be very tempted.
0: Yeah, next question. This is one that's going to boil you up again, Liam, because you were boiled about this last night. Brad has oh. uh, 7-7. Given some of the antics last night, would you? F- how would you feel about VAR's remit being expanded to identify play-acting and simulation? Now, I know what you're going to say here, because you were absolutely seething. With uh, I think it was Gabriel last night and some of his uh, his antics.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't often get too riled up thinking about all you know, mentioning opposition. And I know Brentford did a lot of sort of time wasting when they beat us at, at home in what September I think it was. But it was ridiculous last night. I mean, it was to another level. Um, there was plenty of players at it, and Gabriel was taking it to extremes I've, I don't think I've ever seen um, got booked for not taking a free kick and just waiting and waiting and waiting until the referee had no choice within two minutes they had another free kick and he's about to take it and he just lies down and starts you know clenching his leg, whatever he's doing and uh, the referee, he's right by the touchline, the referee comes over and tells him to get off or get up and after a few, you know, maybe 20-30 seconds of messing around on the floor he just stands up and takes the free kick I mean, there's nothing wrong with him and um, now I've got a. I think there's a there's a balance to be struck here because I think I've been critical actually of Wolves of not doing a, a bit more of this gamemanship, if you will, um, in the past. I think Wolves probably should be a little bit more crafty, and I don't think there's anything wrong with seeing a game out and, and managing the game in a certain way and bringing some of that into it. And, and as I say, I think Wolves should have done it more in the past, and they probably have done it. You know, they're not they're not been totally innocent of this. Um, you know, Podence has done. Th- similar things that I'd not been pleased with and and other players have have, have played up a little bit as well. And it's just a a thing in modern football. I just felt that Arsenal, and particularly Gabriel, were taking it to incredible extremes last night that were ridiculous. Um, So that was my only gripe, really. Um, And yeah, yeah, I just think, in terms of the VAR for that, even though I wasn't happy with it, I think bringing VAR into that is going to be a bit too... Complicated. It's going to muddy the waters a bit much. I don't really think you need VAR because the referee can, you know, he knows what's happening. He can see. It's just up to him whether he books people or not, and uh, or maybe gives second bookings out. So, um, and I'm not a massive fan of VAR anyway. So the less intrusion on the game, the better in, in my book. Um, yeah, I, I don't think. I think you just need to find the balance. There's nothing wrong, I don't think, with a team seeing the game out and wasting time to an extent. But I just think. Arsenal and Gabriel just went a bit, a bit too overboard last night. It was it was comical to be honest. Some of the things they were doing, um, and you know the, the officials have got to have got to deal with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just a couple more before we um before we get away. I've just got a few uh a few little tweets that have come through from Judah here, um, which are at the top of the questions. But two questions left. A couple of one's a lengthy one. Uh, Dave uh, at Let's Digit. I don't know what that uh that Twitter handle is all about. Um, after watching the last couple of games, it feels to me a training camp rather than holidays during the winter break would have been more beneficial. Elements of our game need work, and now with a fixture build up, a lot of time will be re- a lot of time that sorry, a lot of that time will be rest and recovery. <laughs> sorry, mate, I'm knackered. I didn't get back from Sheffield United like half two Wednesday night. Another game last night. I'll I'll put it down to tiredness. Um, but yeah, elements of our game need work. And now with a fixture build up, a lot of that time will be rest and recovery. Thoughts on this? Yeah, interesting to mid season training camps. What's your view on that?
1: Yeah, um, it's. I think it's actually a very fair argument because you, you know he the, he is right. You know the Wolves have got things to have got things to work on. Definitely. Um, I think there's a lot to say for there's a lot to say for rest and recovery. I think that's very important. I think the players needed that. Maybe they could have found a balance between the two. I know they were they were off for you know a good few days. Maybe a, a balance would have been better in hindsight. And the argument of you know there's a lot of games in a short space of time and they haven't got a lot of time to work on these things is a very very fair and valid point. Um, so yeah, I think that would be my answer really. That maybe somewhere somewhere between the two. Because I don't think you can totally write off. Rest and recovery, and how important that is as well. You've got to you've got to try and incorporate incorporate both. I think.
0: Yeah, and just finally, Rich Martino um, is peak Rowell a thing of the past? With him spending most of the time out of the box and out wide. Is he the right man to lead the attack both for the rest of the season and going forward? Now we know that Jimenez is, you know, loved at Wolves. He's gone through the ringer with with, with what happened with his head injury, and he came back and and did so well. But but yeah, what's your answer to Rich's question? Is it is his sort of his best best Wolves days behind him, Liam?
1: No, I wouldn't say so. He's you know he's I know he's getting older. I think he's 30 now, but he's a he's in good shape. He's he's had a very good Wolves career. I think there are there's a year or two out of him. At, at his best still, if he can get back into the the rhythm, the rhythm's a big one. The confidence is a big one. There's there's a player there still, you know, which is obvious. Um, you just he needed time, obviously, after the injury, um, which is fair. I think most fans, you know, appreciate and sympathise. But I think there's uh, there's still plenty of time and scope for him to to impress. And we've seen it part of the season, as I say, with the sort of October November time, he was very good. So um, I wouldn't write him off yet. No, there you go. Thanks
0: very much for your question. Sorry for the ones that we couldn't read out. Um, some really interesting and, and varied points there. So so just finally, obviously, it was Arsenal uh, last night. It's the other North London side on Sunday down in the capital um, as Wolves take on Spurs. Um, Liam, how do you see this one? You know, Spurs, Spurs are there to get at, aren't they? Because Southampton proved that the other night. Um, so despite this little mini blip, mini sticky patch Whatever you want to call it, you know, Wolves Wolves will be will be fancying themselves, won't they, going out to London?
1: I think you have to. You know, Wolves had a fairly decent record against Spurs in recent years. I know they lost away there last season without fans, but um, and I was there for that one actually covering uh, covering for Joe at the time. But uh, you know that you think back to the three two there not long ago. That was a great game. Wolves are more than capable of getting a result. We've seen countless examples this season. Of them being more than capable of beating the you know the so-called top six teams, um, going away and, and defining the odds. And, and to be fair, it's, I don't think it's even find the odds at this point. You know, you can see Arsenal in their celebrations last night, which Ruben Evers was, was uh, alluding to. Um, Wolves were a very difficult team to play against under Bruno. Very, very difficult. So um, it's not really find the odds at this point because every team is, is, is finding it difficult. There's just been. A few times, and Wolves have let themselves down and uh, and allowed the other allowed the opposition to, to take advantage. You look at Spurs, and you're right; they they've got a rick in them defensively, without a doubt. I think they're they're fragile defensively, to say the least. Going forward, they've got obvious in in you know individual talent in Kane and Son, and I think Regulon in uh, left back or left wing back is a good player. Lucas Moore is a good player, probably doesn't do it often enough. Hoiberg, I think, is a pretty you know solid, hard, hard tackling midfielder. But I think in terms of technical ability, I think you know Winks is a pretty decent player. Bentacor, who he didn't start against Southampton, but may start against Wolves, you know, looks pretty handy. But I think technically in midfield, with Neres and Lutino, if he plays, but you know maybe Kundal, we'll see. I think they, they they've got the edge there. I think on on the ball, I think um, I think they are better. If they have to keep the forwards quiet. Um, and they've got a lot of pace, as I say, with Reguilon and Emerson, Royale out uh, out wide, and they play a similar th- uh, formation now under uh, three four three, the same as uh, as what Conte's brought in now. But I do think if Wolves can get the ball down and and, and feed it into the channels and, and in between the lines, they've got more than enough quality to, to cause them problems. And and, and as I say, they're very good defensively; they can keep them, they can keep them quiet. They just have to have an on day. They have to have the individuals back at their top form. Um, It'd be interesting how he's going to play this because it wouldn't surprise me if he played 3 5 2, considering he's done that fair bit away from home, particularly against, you know, as I say, the so called big teams. Um, So that wouldn't surprise me at all if he did that. The problem he's got there is the depth of midfield. You know, if Matinho isn't available, he's going to play all three of the only fit midfielders he's got. And that means also starting who, of course, as a young lad. So. that for me is the biggest dilemma. If if he has Martinho fit, I can see him playing all three Neves, Dendonka, Moutinho. If he doesn't have Moutinho fit, he probably goes three four three and matches Spurs. You're probably looking at the same goalkeeper, obviously in back back three, Saar, Kilman, Cody Sice. I'd I would say probably Semedo and eight Nori, uh, wing backs and probably the same front three in in Jimenez, Pedenzender and Trincao, because that, as you say, there's not there's not a vast array of options. They can't um unless they bring Huang in, but of course we don't know how he's gonna be. Um you know, unless they play a Hover or a Marcel but I don't think that'll happen. There's not many options. There's not there's not a huge amount of options. They're not gonna start a player like Chiquinho, for example, I don't think. So uh it's pretty easy I think at the moment, unless there's a massive surprise. I think it's pretty easy to predict how wolves are going to line up. Um it's gonna be one of those two two options and they're very similar. Um I would probably go three four three. I think Wolves have got more, much more attacking intent that way, and I think playing Dendonka as that sort of in the channel midfielder with only two up top, it doesn't quite work. And also, that two up top is probably going to be if it was that Jimenez and Pedence. I just don't think that. I just don't think that. That um, I don't think it works. I think it leaves them very isolated, uh, and and they struggle to find the space. So um, it's it's an interesting tactical battle, Spurs. And and if, if Spurs are on it, they're obviously dangerous. But there's plenty of opportunities and plenty of times when they, they haven't been on it and they've got a rick in them, so Wolves can take advantage of that certainly.
0: Yeah, and just uh, just finally before we before we wrap it up, as you said, a big month for um, for Spurs
1: uh, for Wolves,
0: sorry. Um, but you know you start with Spurs, who obviously they can get at. You know three points is gettable. Leicester are off the boil. Arsenal, they know that they can hurt Arsenal, even though what we saw last night and and West Ham, who have been slightly off the boil. So you know despite this couple of games they are fixtures that you'll be relishing really given the the form of the other sides
1: it's obviously it's a big it's a big for the reasons you just mentioned the the hopes of europe the um the teams you know that they're playing that you know they're all around them in the league it wouldn't I'll put it this way it wouldn't surprise me if wolves won all four of those games you just mentioned spurs Leicester, arsenal west ham and it also wouldn't surprise me if they lost all four. <laughs> it's that kind of it's that kind of month. Um, and, you know, he we was speaking to Bruno in the press conference on Wednesday before yesterday's, last night's game. And he was, you know, making it very clear, look, this is the time now to put pressure on the players and say, look, if you want to go to the next level, this is, this is where you've got to do it. Not saying it can't happen after February, because anything can happen in football. If they're within touching distance, within reach, they can... They can go win they can go winless in this month and still get Europe, provided they don't lose all of them potentially. But it's possible. But it does feel very make or break. It feels season defined in this month, it really does. And if they if they want to make that push, they need the individuals to step up now and and help out some of the players around them that have been very consistent, because as I've you know, mentioned all the ones that haven't been. But a lot of them, you know, Kilman, Cody, Sai Sa, the back four. Uh, including the goalkeeper they um they've been you know very consistent for the for the for the large part back them up now some of the individuals going forward i think neves has been a little bit off it for a game or two as well he needs to get back back on it and back those players up again if those individuals step up come to the forefront wolves can go and have an unbelievable month and can put themselves right in contention but it's 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 all on up how much they want it now and and bruno's you know he's he's got the rallying call out for them. He's um he's making it obvious, and he's he's as you as you experienced last night, he's very passionate. So uh, it's a big opportunity. It's it's a massive opportunity. Now we want to be looking back in May and even in March after this February's over, and think that was the month that is set us on the way to going back, uh, making a return to Europe, and and you know they're more than capable of doing it. They've just got to step up now.
0: Yeah, there you go. Positive note to finish on with Liam there. So there you have it. There's the latest episode of the E&S Wolves podcast. Um, As we said at the top of the podcast, despite my allegiances, it's been a pleasure to sit here alongside you today, Liam, and and go to to Molyneux last night. I have to say, I've been to Molyneux before, and the hospitality is absolutely superb. So I did actually enjoy my evening last night, despite the result for for Wolves fans. Um, But yeah, I suppose next week your proper teacher's going to be back, Liam. You can't, no mucking around, no sort of... uh, giving him any jip next week it's sort of uh, the supply teacher might have to come back later in the season I'm not too sure um, bearing in mind sort of holidays and, and fixtures but um, but yeah they have it Wolves fans thank you very much for, for listening and to all you going down to, to London at the weekend have a safe trip to Spurs it's goodbye from me goodbye from Liam